everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with news and views from the Nefarium on Thursday, August 4th, 2022. Uh, quick housekeeping. We don't have a vid chat tomorrow. The vid chat will be a week from tomorrow, so please check your schedule. And when the vid chat actually posts, get your comments and questions in uh, by no later than 10 p.m. U.S. Central Time next Thursday evenings. Anyway, that's it for the housekeeping. I want to talk uh, about Nancy Pelosi. Now, most of you who've been with me for a while know that I have absolutely no use whatsoever, zero zilch nada, for the Democratic Party or its leadership. And I certainly have had uh, more than my fair share of disappointments, disagreements, and nauseated stomachs having watched the career of Nancy Pelosi. But I'm going to say some good things about her today, and I want you to bear with me. Um... This is difficult to do because there has been such a festival of speculation over the meaning of her trip and why she would go to Taiwan. And we've been treated to a, ver a bunch of narratives that, in fact, she didn't really know whether she was going to go to Taiwan or not and blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, at the last minute, we found out she did. I can assure you that her going to Taiwan was ultimately one of the principal purposes of this trip, and I want to talk about why. Um, I have a number of points I want to talk about here, so bear with me. Uh, basically, we've been treated to a lot of apocalyptic predictions and guesses, and I'm not saying that this trip may not provoke the insane communist Chinese leadership to do insane things. Time will tell. But I rather suspect there's something else going on behind the scenes, and if any of my speculations are correct, it's major. So I want you to look at four points, and the first of these points is the utter disaster of the misadministration of alleged President Biden and co. And again, you understand, folks, why I say alleged. I'm one of those that it was very apparent there was election fraud on election night. I didn't need Dinesh D'Souza's documentary to tell me that there was a simple common sense understanding of probability and statistics would have told anyone that. So we have a president who is, for all intents and purposes, in office by dint of fraud, and we have a president who's made a family career, a political career, out of grift and fraud. Now, why am I mentioning this? Because if you have examined that career carefully, and particularly in relation to his crack-smoking, you know, uh, pornographic-addicted son, Hunter, you'll know that the Communist Party of China has leverage over both men. And this is my the key point. You'd have to be blind and irrational not to come to that conclusion. In addition to that, we have his policy, and again, a, a grift in the background, 
in the Ukraine. We have an administration who's allowing the worst inflation in over, as, as far as I'm concerned, all the way back to President Jimmy Carter, and a complete disaster of energy policy. Now, I'm mentioning all this because of the way this administration looks on the world stage. World leaders, the German chancellor, the French president, the prime minister of Italy, whoever, can look at this president and they may mouth things publicly that are reassuring and full of commitment to the United States and so on and so forth. But privately, looking at that cluster of facts and particularly the relationship of the family to the Communist Party of China, I guarantee you in private, in the background, on those top secret phone calls that they all have with each other, that they are worried about the direction of this country, particularly under this bumbling, evil, corrupt, incompetent, demented idiot in the White House. So that's the first point. The geopolitical ramifications of the corruption of, of the Biden family. Now, if you're allies looking at this mess, I want to point you particularly to two allies, and that is Japan and Taiwan themselves. We saw the assassination recently of Shinzo Abe, the former prime minister of Japan. And Japan recently, even under his successor, reconfirming Japan's commitment to the defense of Taiwan in, in the case of communist aggression. Now, folks, whether we like it or not, Japan is going to continue on this more or less independent course of diplomacy. They have taken the measure of the United States and they've decided they had better rearm to be able to defend themselves and not rely on this country. And again, the Biden-Enco regime has managed to convince them of this necessity just simply by the way it handled affairs in Afghanistan. But there's been another message recently that I think people forgot or overlooked, and that was the message a few, just a few weeks ago from the Taiwanese government itself. Because you recall that the Taiwanese defense minister released a statement in Taipei stating that Taiwan's missiles were capable of striking both Beijing, and here comes the clincher, and the Three Gorges Dam. Now, that was a clear message. Mess with us, and we can really, really cripple and hurt the infrastructure of your economy. There's, there's no two ways to read that, mes that message. And now there's a third factor impinging on this analysis on and why I think Mrs. Pelosi was literally talked into making this trip and to stopping in Taipei. And that's the internal situation in communist China itself. There is, if you have been paying attention to China recently, there have been bank runs and a growing mortgage protest of Chinese citizens not paying their mortgage payments because of the massive real estate bubble that has occurred in China. And this has spread. And it's putting pressure on the 
Chinese Communist Party, in particular the Politburo and the Central Committee, where, incidentally, Xi Jinping still has some powerful factional opponents. So I suspect that in addition to China's bluster vis-a-vis Taiwan, that the bluster is really coming out of an increasingly weak position domestically inside of communist China. And I want to toss something out here for people to bear in mind as I outline why I think Pelosi made this trip. And that is the possible scenario of some sort of understanding or secret negotiation between Taipei and elements in Beijing that are opposed to Mr. Xi Jinping and his version of communist Chinese policy. If both countries could resolve a way for a peaceful reunification vis-a-vis Taiwan's uh, independence and so on and so forth, and have that unification signal a policy change in the communist Chinese government, or even a regime change, I think the possibility is rather strong that both sides might go for that. So that's the background here that I want you to bear in mind. So now let's look at Mrs. Pelosi. And as I've said, I'm no friend of hers. Uh, I, I have never been a friend of hers. I'm, I'm, I'm not a uh, rhino Republican, as most of you know. I'm not even a conservative. I'm a traditionalist. So I have precious little in common with the Republican Party and absolutely zero in common with the Democrats. Mrs. Pelosi has, I think, responded here in taking this trip to what are probably internal calls within the American deep state to have somebody that is not connected to this disaster of an administration. Kamala Harris can't do it because she's almost as bad of a disaster, if not worse, than Biden and Co. himself. So they need someone in the chain of command. And Pelosi being third in line for becoming president should something happen to the president and the vice president, she's the logical choice. They also needed someone who is high-ranking within the Democratic Party leadership, who is a recognizable figure, who can go and conduct personal and private diplomacy with these countries on behalf, not only of the country, but of the party itself which is in tatters and not looking too good. And finally, you have to remember that this is probably Nancy Pelosi's swan song. The Democrats probably, again, according to predictions, are probably going to lose the House. And this means that she will lose the speakership of the House. And at her age, it's unlikely that she will ever be back in as Speaker of the House. So this is her swan song. And in this instance, I think she wants to leave a legacy that she did her best. She tried to patch up a disastrous geopolitical situation that this misadministration has created. 
and to reassure allies that the entire Democratic Party leadership is not this nuts. Now, say what you will about Nancy Pelosi. She's certainly been nuts in the past and so on. But quite frankly, she is not as nuts as the Biden administration. So I suspect that this is the reason for her trip. She went over, in other words, to put it succinctly and in a nutshell, she went over to reassure the Taiwanese leadership, and more importantly, through Taiwan, that network of other countries that are looking askance not only at communist China and its moves, but also looking over their shoulder to make sure the United States is a reliable enough ally. I'm talking about countries like Vietnam, uh, Thailand, Indonesia, Malaysia, and so on, which countries, incidentally, Indonesia in particular, have recently, as she was on this trip, have been conducting joint military exercises with the United States. So I think her trip was largely meant as a reassurance move on the part of the American deep state that realizes they have really uh, picked a lemon of a disaster with Joe Biden when they put him in office through the massive fraud that they, they used to do so. Um, Pelosi is the logical choice to convey that message of the American deep state for that reason and also for the reason that she obviously is not associated with Donald Trump nor any of, of that group of people in the Republican Party. In other words, she represents the permanent bureaucratic deep state of this country in this particular instance. And this is why I think uh, she went on that trip. Now, that's my best guess of what went on here, folks. I'm not saying that there may not be an apocalyptic outcome to all of this, but I rather doubt it. Um, I rather doubt it. I think all of that bluster from Xi Jinping right now is because he is weak internally and that the knives are out for him. So uh, this is a situation to watch very, very carefully and closely. Remember, I am proposing a wild and woolly scenario behind all of this, that there actually may be secret negotiations going on between elements in Taipei and elements in Beijing to put an end to uh, the separation of the two countries, provided that there is some sort of regime change and policy change on the part of the communist Chinese government. So that's what I think is the backdrop of what's probably and possibly going on. That'll do it for today's news and views, folks. Remember, we do not have a vid chat tomorrow. That will be a week from tomorrow. I'll see everybody on the flip side. Bye-bye and God bless.